Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. Today I want to replay a very popular podcast from more than a year ago. I spoke then to a dear friend, Paul Spencer, who lives in Mjölby, Sweden. He is originally from the Isle of Man, located in the Irish Sea, between Ireland and England. We first met in 1995. This podcast was recorded in Italy in October 2022 at United Church of God's Fall Festival in Sabadia, about an hour's drive north of Rome. Through unfortunate circumstances in his life, Paul has become a single parent. He has three children who are growing now through their teen years. My wife, Bev, and I have really enjoyed seeing them last year and to see them grow up. In this podcast, he speaks about his life, his homeland, the Isle of Man, and about his life's journey as an isolated Christian and tells us how he copes. Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. My guest today is Paul Spencer, a friend that goes back almost 30 years. He currently lives in Montorp, Sweden, and he's originally from the Isle of Man. I think you'll enjoy this podcast. We have had wonderful experiences over the years, and I have appreciated him as a very, very dear friend, going back to 1995, when I first met him in the United Kingdom. Yeah, what was the name of that place? Haggerston um, Castle, Castle yeah, in upon tweed Right. That's, that's where I met Paul for the first time. So he has a passion for the church and for the work, and he currently lives in, in Sweden. His profession is, is that he is a floor layer, and he's a person who's lived with some unusual challenges. My wife and I have just truly loved him and have visited him a number of times in Sweden, where he lives currently. He's come to the United States, but we'll get into all those things here. So welcome to The Cubic Report. Well, thanks very much, uh, Vic, for having me on. This is a a wonderful opportunity. I've uh, always enjoyed listening to these uh, podcasts, and I think I may have heard every single one you've done, the 240-plus with uh, Inside United, and also the recent ones with uh, The Cubic Podcast. So great to be here. I like it when people say nice things about the podcast. (laughs) I'm trying to build my audience, and Paul has been a very enthusiastic supporter uh, of it. So I'd like to hear, I know some people would like to hear about where you come from, because that too is unusual. Isle of Man is not a place that, you know, people know where it is, and they kind of know it's a little island there between England and and Ireland. Uh, But you know, Paul has lived on it. His, you know, that's where his parents are from, and I have actually visited him on the Isle of Man. That was really a wonderful experience. The Isle of Man. The only buddy else that I've really known from the Isle of Man is the Bee Gees. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. I was actually born in the same hospital, and uh, my dad was born um, eight days before Barry Gibb uh, in the same hospital. So when one, when his Barry Gibb's mum was leaving the hospital, my grandma was uh, going in. So, <laughs> never would have thought just hearing the Bee Gees, <laughs> this is the same place that Paul Spencer was from. And there's another very notable historical fact that Paul has brought up so many times to us that we're just actually tired of hearing it. But it has, <laughs> tell us about the parliament. We have the oldest continuous parliament on the face of the earth. Uh, we were established by Vikings who came down from Trondheim, which is now in Norway, but Norway didn't exist as a country then in 979 AD. They established the uh, the Timbald Parliament, and uh, it's still going today, unbroken for over a thousand years. So, as a boy of um, just six years of age, we celebrated the our millennium. 
So I joke with a few people at the feast that it's only halfway through the Great White Throne judgment will there be a parliament that's older than the Isle of Man's. And then for all of eternity, we will have the second oldest parliament in the history. So when was it started? What year? 979 AD. Okay, so it was 1979. Yeah, 1979, we had our millennium. So they actually repeated the same thing they did a thousand years before when uh, some Swedish people, some Norwegians and some Manxmen, they rowed a Viking longship from uh, Trondheim and they took six weeks to row to the Isle of Man. And I was was actually there when they arrived in uh, Peel Harbour and saw the Viking longships coming in as a six-year-old boy. Now, there's one more place that you took me to that seemed to be somewhat historic or world-renowned. That's some kind of a rally, some kind of a road track, road racing? That's it. We have um, the most dangerous uh, sporting event on the face of the earth, which is the Isle of Man TT races. Unfortunately, normally most years, several people die. We had five deaths uh, this, this current year. Um, but it's um, the the ultimate for anyone with motor motorbike interests is to either be to be on the Isle of Man or to ride the TT if uh, you're qualified enough. But it's uh, the, the the circuit is 37 and a half miles long, and they reach uh, the average speed or the record is about 138 miles an hour average speed going on that track. Well. We rode on that track too, yeah. but our average speed base has been about 45 miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're a bit more civilized. We respect life a little bit more. And also the the, uh, the stone walls that are either side of you. Well, we had a very beautiful visit because uh, you might explain a little bit about the uh, church council there. That was interesting yeah. because you had your uh, own own system there. You owned. Uh, uh, tell us about it. Well, uh, before before I do that, I'd just like to back up on a couple of little Manx uh, statistics that people might be interested in. Um, one is that um, with the Dunkirk, the, re- the people will know about the Dunkirk and p- getting the troops back from uh, Dunkirk and uh, at the, the start. You mean, you mean Dunkirk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, what, one in 14 were bought, brought back on a Manx-registered vessel, more than any nation of the Commonwealth. Uh, so the Manx, uh, that was a major war contribution that we had to get the troops back from Dunkirk. So uh, we brought back, uh, you know, one in 14 was on a Manx registered ship. Mm-hmm. We also have um, the, the, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution was founded on the Isle of Man. Um, in the early 1800s, a gentleman called Will, William Hillary was watching uh, boats come into Douglas Harbour and getting shipwrecked. And we have a little rock in Douglas Harbour, a little... Um, uh, and a little castle now on it that William Hillary, I think, was responsible for building, which is called the Tower of Refuge, and it's built on Conister Rock, and that's where they, they used to put food out on the rock for, for shipwrecks. And uh, so he saw all these ships getting wrecked all the time, so he established a lifeboat crew, and they went out and started trying to rescue um, shipwrecks coming into Douglas Harbour. So then they established, the, that was when the Royal National Lifeboat Association was established. And so if the, 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 obviously the British Isles is uh, covered by, is surrounded by coast. And, um, but if you call out lifeboat number one in the British Isles, it's leaving Douglas Harbour. That's our, uh, that's the lifeboats we established. And um, we have, we mentioned the TT races and the parliament. And yeah, those just a few things about, and the Laxey wheel as well, which I think you saw. The Laxey wheel. I, tell us about the Laxey wheel. Well, it was that was built in 1854 and was called uh, the Lazy Lady Isabella after the uh, the gentleman who built its uh, wife, I think it was. Uh, I don't know all the sizes and stats, but you could look it up on um, YouTube. But it's the um, the largest working water wheel on the face of the earth, and it pumps water from like a thousand meters from under underground, so that they were uh, producing a huge amount of the uh, the tin 
and uh, mining on the Isle of Man for the whole world. I've forgotten the stats, but there was it's, it's a major amount of uh, production that was coming out of it. But it was closed in 1929 when uh, the recession hit and you know the problems of uh, that particular period, which were uh, happened around all the world. But it's it was just recently renovated, and in the last week, it's it's back operating again. So we always say the Laxey wheel keeps turning, turning, turning in Lady Isabella's memory. Is that a song? Yes, it is. I don't the, I don't know all of it, but there's uh, there's a YouTube song on on the, about the Laxey wheel. You could look up and how do you spell Laxey? L A X E Y. And just about about Laxey, or oh, there's a lot of places on the Isle of Man. I mentioned that we were established uh, by Vikings who came down from Trondheim and uh, Viking longboats. Um, a lot of the place names on the Isle of Man are given. Um, Viking names and Celtic or, or Nordic names and now living in Sweden I understand a lot more of the because I speak Swedish um, a lot more of the uh, those things but lax is obviously salmon which is what you guys call you guys call it and and it's it's salmon river so all the bins in laxy um, which you can put refuge or your rubbish in they all have a salmon on them because it's uh, salmon and there are salmon in the river at uh, laxy river so that's why that place is named. But we also have like our mountain is uh, the only mountain we have is called uh, Snæfell, uh, which is Snøfjell in uh, Swedish or Nordic, um, which is Snow Mountain. Because that's the, that's where the you know, snow is on the top of Snæfell. Now the symbol for the Isle of Man, what, what it has something else on it, doesn't it? It's uh, the three legs of man. So the, we say whichever way you throw us, we land on our feet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is there is a, i've forgotten that off the top but there is a little latin phrase which which accompanies it and that's what it is translated to whichever way you throw us uh, we land on our feet well i know that 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 to an outsider look at looking at some of these symbols that's the thing that struck me was <laughs> that three-legged three-legged man, three-legged man. <clears throat> that's it yeah so um so yeah we, we we tend to stand whichever way you throw us so paul uh i i the reason that Paul has made such a deep impression upon me is that I have been in the ministry and have worked overseas. But Paul is unusual from the standpoint of he really took an interest in the things that I did like others didn't. The work that I did, the behind-the-scenes work, personnel. I mean, he was just always a very, very curious person, and I love talking to him about those things because Paul was genuinely interested. But, Paul, you have moved to... Sweden, and we have always appreciated having Paul as part of times where we have talked. Paul is a very accomplished speaker, but he's also a person who understands doctrine very, very well, and and a person who can explain biblical concepts, you know, very well. So I have always appreciated that aspect of of, uh, of some of his evangelistic efforts, not only in the UK but also in Sweden. But let's kind of segue to your work in Sweden. Okay, well, maybe we should just back up from, from the beginning because it kind of is a, a, a continuous story. Um, in 1993, I was exposed, or in fact, it was the, the Plain Truth magazine back then. I might have got the December or the January was my first day of 92, 93. Um, either the December 92 or the January 93 edition would be my first um, magazine I received. And it was a result of a, friend, a mutual friend, um, Paul Howard, which many of you will, will know. He's my best friend. He now lives in Australia, but he's from the island as well. But we, were, we had a mutual friend, and we used to sit around drinking beer and philosophizing. And he was um, had, had a Plain Truth magazines and lots of the old booklets and things. So we used to borrow them off him and be reading things. And 
you know, kind of eventually, uh, which happens to many of us, we know too much, so we have to act on it. And so I, my first services were in, um, in, in England when we were living in England for a summer and we went to pre- services in Preston, um, England in August 1993. And then when we went back to the Isle of Man, we went to um, services. We were invited to atonement was our first services on the Isle of Man. So um, that was so we got invited to the Isle of Man for um, atonement services and then we were attending um, through 94... Um, and obviously what happened there, and then um, in 95, um, August uh, the 6th, 1995, um, I was baptised along with two other friends. And we would have been baptised earlier, but we had uh, didn't have any resident minister or anything, so we were waiting for the minister at the time to come over, and he had to, his contract was running, running down with uh, the former association. And so he came over and baptised us then, and then the United Church of God was established that day on the Isle of Man. And I was elected as treasurer, or selected as treasurer in the small little group that we had, because we formed our own little board so that we could um, have a local effort for preaching the gospel. We'd also pay for ministerial visits, and then we would send in surplus funds and also all Holy Day offerings to uh, the UK office for them to be able to preach the gospel and uh, help support the, the, the greater work. I remember that you had kind of a little, really a nice little group there. How many people did you have? Yeah, I think at a peak we were probably about fifteen people. I mean, when I, the, I mentioned I first attended on atonement when I with the first service we attended because we did have some uh, ill people, but then we did get some uh, who didn't attend very often, um, and people who lived a little bit further away. Um, but there was about fifteen at peak. Uh, but the, when we first ever attended, there was no hymns, there was no announcements, there was no prayers. There was just a tape box, and we pressed play on the tape, and then pressed stop on the tape when the sermon was over. And we had a cup of tea together with uh, four or five old ladies, um, Paul Howard and myself, when we first started attending. So that was back in, uh, like I say, 93 to 95. And the the little uh, board was established there. And then we were also, uh, I was involved in um, helping uh, with adverts in local newspapers. We did... We wrote out uh, to every single address. We 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 self wrote all the envelopes. Uh, I think I wrote about ten thousand envelopes and stuffed about fifteen thousand on the Isle of Man. On the Isle of Man. So we covered the whole um, uh, telephone directory. Everyone got a, an initial in the in the phone book, and you just had to handwrite, copy down all the names out of the phone book, and then we sent them um, a good an, a, 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 a subscription or a, an offer for the big uh, the Good News magazine. Um, and maybe a booklet, and uh, we got over a hundred responses in the in the, the first year we did it. So it was very uh, successful for all the things we did. Well, that's what I is coming back the story. You know, I, I haven't talked to you, yeah. Paul, in a long time, but I remember you telling me the story about all the envelopes that you had hand addressed yeah. uh, to try to reach people on the Isle of Man. Yeah, so every everyone who was in the telephone book got a, a, an offer for the Beyond Today, or the Good News magazine, which was before it was called the Beyond Today. So um, we also had some adverti- adverts in uh, newspapers, and uh, we and then the be- the World Tomorrow, which uh, wasn't, I don't know whether it's a worldwide thing or whether it was just in Britain, but we were able to take that name, and then there was a radio broadcast um, done in the UK that was uh, it was put on Manx Radio, and um, so we also had the Beyond Today uh, or the work the. Uh, the World Tomorrow going on under United Church of God. Well, who, who did that program? That, um, it was presented by a gentleman called Dave McDermott. 
That's right. Yeah, I do remember that very well. And uh, so that, that, that was going on there. And the reason it was going on on the Isle of Man is because to broadcast on um, radio and everything in, in the UK, you have to believe in the Trinity. And once the, we managed to get on, United managed to get on Re- Revelation TV, I think it was, through the sort of back door. But once they realized we didn't believe in the Trinity, they, they took us off these uh, programs that were being recorded but on the Isle of Man you didn't have to believe in the Trinity to be on radio so that's why the broadcast went from there okay so then what happened um well uh, then in 1998 or not 97 I should say I was on I was going to go and spend a weekend with my cousin all my cousins are Australian because my mum's two brothers moved out there in the 60s you know these 10 pounders and so I was going to go and spend a weekend with my cousin. And um, unfortunately, before I got there, she decided to go back to Australia for six weeks or something. And so I was stuck in England. So I went and stayed with um, some friends I'd known from the summer camps we used to go to. Obviously, at the time, there was some, a little bit of turmoil brewing. And I stayed. The, her, her dad was a minister. And so he was sort of complaining about the Isle of Man, having our little board and things, and wondered whether we, we should be a charity. And so... At the t- I didn't know, so when, when I came back to the Isle of Man, we inquired about whether the Isle of Man should then, be, the, the little board we had should be registered at a charity. And the Charity Commission said we didn't have to, but we were allowed to if we wanted. And so we established the charity there. And then when things blew up in uh, early early 1998, and uh, the church no longer had, an, uh, United no longer had an office in the UK, and because we were a charity, we were able to send all the tithes from the UK to the Isle of Man. And sort of technically speaking, I was kind of the acting treasurer for the British Isles for maybe a two-month window. So I was paying hall rents and or signing the checks for hall rents and, you know, just the expenses that were were needed until they got their, themselves set up in the, in the British Isles. And then um, all our money, the, the money that was sent was transferred back over. Um, yeah, so. I, I, re- I remember all this. It's all coming back because I visited you during that time, and yeah. and, and and we 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 talked about you know various things, and I, I do believe that we developed a friendship. Okay. I, I think too, Vic. It's it's it's, it's uh, and it's great to be here with you now at the feast here in yeah. in Italy. Yeah, yeah so that's what this is being brought to you from. This is from <laughs> Sabadia, Italy, <laughs> and uh, with Paul, we even shared several Feast of Tabernacles in Estonia. In Estonia, yeah. Well, well, after that, if I just keep on going chronolo- chronology from, uh, from 98, in 99, for various reasons, I tried to go to the feast in um, Africa, and I wanted to see, I had an elderly grandmother in Australia, and uh, cousins, and I wanted to go to summer camp and things like that. In the, and, and so in 99, I decided to travel around the world, and I visited things like, you know, I swam the Barrier Reef, and I went to Niagara Falls and, and things. But church-wise... I visited the office in Cincinnati when it was still down the hill um, back in 99. And then I went over to the office in Canada when Mr. Ant- Gary Antium was uh, running the office there. And I had a, a weekend with them. And I also visited the offices in Australia with Reg Wright and Ruth Root, and they took me out for lunch. Um, and on the way through, I went to Camp Oakhurst in California, and I was a, a teen counselor for, for B4. And uh, that was an absolutely fantastic week. I think anybody who was there would remember it or been to that camp or any of our camps. I think they all wonderful experiences. But I also had the opportunity to, uh, when I was in Oregon um, visiting friends, I uh, was taken out by Mr. Randy Stiver, um, an elder and a minister in United. And he showed me around all the places of uh, which of it were interest of me because I'd read Herbert Armstrong's uh, biography. 
And um, so I went to see the Furbert Schoolhouse, the Fisher Farm, where the prayer rock was, or approximately where they guessed it was. Um, and so those sort of places were, um, which were of note back in the day, in the early days of the church. And so it was really interesting just to see some of those uh, early places and then he also introduced me to iced coffee which <laughs> <laughs> which I've uh, enjoyed ever since um and then I went to as I say to Camp Ocus and then carried on um traveling around the world um so that was in 1999 and then um uh, I was married in 2001 I uh, met my my ex Swedish wife and um and then when in 2004 uh, we emig- we moved to Sweden, and that's where I've been. I've been since. Um, and the when we started in Sweden, the, what happened originally was I I got there and uh, stayed for about a week, and then I went to ABC in two thousand and four. So I was uh, one in one of the earlier classes. That's uh, Ambassador Bible Amb- College. Ambassador Bible College, yes, it was Ambassador Bible Center back then, but Ambassador Bible College, and uh, it was just a. I was I could only do one semester due to uh, visa restrictions and everything. Um, but it was that was just a, a wonderful uh, three months. And before then, I'd read the old 58 lessons and made lots of all the, the big booklets. And so I was kind of up to speed, but it was, uh, which was great for when I got there. So it wasn't, I wasn't overwhelmed by the information, but I was ready to, I was, I was able to digest what was taking place. And, and uh, I didn't sleep very much, but I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do remember, it seems like we're, wherever, stuff was going on in the church at that time there's paul <laughs> yeah well that's pretty true and i, I remember i, I went uh, I, I sat in one of the council meetings for a little bit with you guys uh, seeing how things were done and then um, with you and beverly we went over to stay at your house in indianapolis and then i did the church circuit with you and i gave a sermonette in the, the two services and i uh, got gained a little bit of insight and appreciation of what a long day you know given your know, two services and speaking and you know, fellowship and, and everything else. It's uh, it's quite a quite a job you guys uh, do and have. Well, we do all kinds of things, but not write out ten thousand addresses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that's a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's somebody else's turn next time. Then you came to Sweden and you had to learn the language. Then I I moved to Sweden and uh, I'd studied uh, cassette courses before I I moved there. But it's one thing to be able to have a little bit of tourist or ask questions, but you have to understand the answer. And that took a little bit of time to develop. Um, but now, I mean, I think in Swedish and I only really speak Swedish um, nine to five, Monday to Friday, so to speak. Um, I speak English to my children all the time. I've got three children, twin boys um, who are now 17, 18 next May. And a girl who's um, 16 in January, Victoria. So I've got Aaron, Isaac and Victoria. And um, yeah, so I had to learn the language and that's, that's a, a challenge. But um, I got there and... So I, I wouldn't say I was fluent in the fullest sense because I got a job too early. It was probably my mistake. I should have studied the language in technically longer. But um, yeah, I think in Swedish. I work in Swedish, and I, I only really speak Swedish. And I can you know, watch telly and the news and read the newspapers and get by. So Paul is more than just a floor layer. I feel that his work is artisanship. I mean, he he really does a beautiful job. He's very well renowned and does certain things that uh, very few people do. Yeah, well, I, in my job, I, I was a, a floor layer or a carpet fitter um, back when I was on the Isle of Man, and we used to lay some vinyls as well in kitchens and things. But and in Sweden, it's more of uh, wood floors and tiles, ceramic tiles and uh, vinyl. 
And so now I specialize in what is considered Swedish wet rooms, floors and walls. So I pour screeds to uh, you know, two millimeters per meter falls in the floor and everything has to be um, sort of belt and braces, as I would say it, to make sure it all works just because our temperatures, I, I can't do Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, they, they range from like minus 30 to plus 30. And with wood-built houses, they expand and retract so much it's, uh, there's a risk of water damage if everything isn't done properly. And so um, I, it's only people like me who are allowed to do those kind of jobs. You have to be qualified. And if you do do it yourself, you're not insured if anything happens. Um, so I, can, I feel I can do anything with a car, piece of carpet and anything with a piece of vinyl. If it's, if it's possible, I can do it. Paul has lived with challenges, and he made reference to ex-wife. And, you know, he's had that challenge, being in a country that's not his native country, learning a language that's not his, and being there in large part because of his children, that, yes. that he is a single parent. Uh, tell us what it's like to be a Christian with the values and the things that you believe, you know, being by yourself week after week after week and month after month. Yeah, well, that's, I think, and not everybody maybe knows that, but there's, there's, uh, there's no church really in Scandinavia at all. There's no weekly meetings anywhere of, of any of the Church of God groups. Um, and so I've pretty I've, I worked it out the other day actually in services I did the maths and it's it's over a thousand Sabbaths I've either just been on my own or just uh, my uh, my children and I and so that's quite, that's um, that's been very challenging and at times you know it's uh, almost depressing I think is to be to be honest there was one one particular time I kind of threw me hands up in the air and I said you know God what do you want me to do what am I supposed to be doing on this uh, particular day. And I spent a little bit of time sort of meditating about it, and I've got reasonable scripture retention, so I thought of some verses. And the three things that I think are um, really important, Vic, if I can be honest, which um, it doesn't matter where you are or what your circumstances are, but regarding the Sabbath, is the three things I came up with anyway, where I'm to remember the Sabbath day, regardless of whether I'm on my own or whether I'm in a group. I'm uh, to keep the, the Sabbath day holy, and I'm also to delight, as it says in Isaiah, I think about verse 13, to delight in the Sabbath day. And I always try to remind myself that even though I'm on my own and it, sometimes it feels like a very long day, that uh, those things are, are, are relevant regardless of uh, so they're not circumstantial base. They are God's you know, commands for us to uh, for his Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. And that's what I that's what I try to focus on. But we've. I've always had, uh, we've always done a, ch a church service at home, even if I'm on my own um, many, many times. Not all the time, I'm not kind of fanatical, but uh, I'll have a suit not suit on and I'll sing hymns and I'll do the full service uh, on my own. And the same with Passover um, and things like that. I just do, do all those things uh, l largely on my own. All by yourself, the Holy Days, Sabbath, except for a few times when you're able to get out of the country and meet with others. Yes, I've been I've gone, gone, you know, I've, I go to some of the summer. I went last year, I took uh, two of my children to the summer camp in uh, the UK, which was a great success. Everybody had a wonderful time, and we're hoping to go back next year. And then there has been the periodic or the occasional trip to the Isle of Man or to, to England or Holland, the, the brethren down there, who I know you've, you've attended in the, their congregations. So occasionally I go down there, and then there are there are some Sabbath keepers who aren't of our um, background per se, who I meet with semi regularly in in Sweden, and um, I I know there is major sort of doctrinal differences in the way we do or believe certain things, but what I've tried to do is focus on what we have in common, 
rather than what we what the separates us because i feel i'm in in their home at the, as as it, as it is and and they they i i explained my situation i told them i i was a member of ucg and i sent them a link to our website and um they said yeah you're welcome to to come and fellowship with us and so um i do that and i translate for them sometimes from swedish to english yeah, I just, like I say, I just try to focus on what we have in common. And although it's not Church of God Brethren Fellowship with people of lo- fully like mind, it's uh, sort of the best I can do in the the circumstances. But that's only been in the last, uh, say, five years we've done that. And, and then COVID hit us, which in some ways, um, and well, most people would know Sweden really didn't do anything during COVID. We... Um, you, you, when you went out for a drink, you weren't allowed to sit with more than four people at a table. And that was about it, sort of thing. I didn't have any... It was like when COVID was going on, it was like I was almost living in a different planet. Because obviously being part of the church, I've got friends and all over the world. And with social media, you can see what everyone else is going through. And it was like, you know, I'm in a different world to everybody else. I was just carrying on as normal. I did catch COVID and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And um, Hopefully I don't get get that again. I'm glad ever, all the restrictions are over. But I think maybe a lot of the people who are listening during that time, um, they experienced a similar Sabbath experience to what I have for the last um, 18 years when people had to stay home and you lost the fellowship and the connection. And you know, I think it really is important that um, everybody makes an effort to try to, to, to get back to services, to get back to fellowship and, and uh, not use Zoom and these kind of things as an excuse because we can't replicate um online what you can do in person obviously there's circumstances that's the best we can do in my in my situation if, as an example but i think everybody we should try to be back and att- attending as, as often as we we should or can and um, but in during the covid period i was on the zoom meetings with the the london congregation the london congregation london england yeah and i still uh, periodically um like once a month i still there's a little zoom still going on um or twice a month i'll still join that one and for holy days so that's there's some fellowship afterwards in the breakout rooms and different things that go on in in zoom so that was a bit of a godsend for us um especially as we were i was unrestricted but i had fellowship on zoom that i'd never i wouldn't have had otherwise not 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 glad it happened but it was like i say for me it was uh it worked out well i cannot tell you how much i appreciate your sharing this with us paul because I don't think that people really understand, even though our church is small around the world, we still have congregations, we meet with people, yeah. we hear the sermons, we, we talk afterwards, and, and you have this building one another up. We're supposed to meet together in yeah, person, not forsake the assembling, so that you can encourage one another, you can build each other up to edify one another. And I admire you for enduring. Yeah, well, well I, pre- I appreciate that, but that's... Um that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> well, I spoke about that too yesterday yes. about he that endures to the end from from yeah. Matthew twenty four. But, but in in Sweden as well. So after after I got to learn the language and um, and things, but we we um, we did um, do some advertising. Uh, the Home Office helped us out with um, being on Google adverts or Google keywords. We had a couple of booklets that were translated. My ex wife translated two booklets into Swedish. And we, I, I got some brochures off Mr. Eddington from the Home Office, uh, Peter. Uh, so I, I walked around and put brochures through doors. So we had a couple of thousand, I think it was. And uh, we also had um, some adverts placed in Stockholm. 
and locally in uh, the region I'm in, which is Östergötland, um, or Östergötland. And we had an advert in in one of the the sort of the main newspaper. We had like a half page ad in there. Nothing that we didn't really get much um, result, but we you know we got to keep trying, and that's what we're commissioned to do, and uh, that's what I've tried to be involved in since since the beginning. I know that we don't always see results of our labors, but seeds are planted and good will come of it. I just really do appreciate this, Paul. Anything that you would give, like to give as advice to <clears throat> people listening? I know that people will be very interested in hearing Paul Spencer, who they know. Uh, any special message to them? Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, just keep, keep putting one foot in front of the other. God is still on his throne. He hasn't abandoned that. Yeah, he still has a plan. He's still, he's still working with every single one of us. Yeah, we've just we've got to keep on going. Don't quit. Don't give up. You know, we might fall down. We might fall over. We might have to stand still occasionally, as we're commanded to. In one occasion, at least, where uh, we're told stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And sometimes we have to be you know, put our, put it in God's hands like that, um, rather than trying to uh, fix it all ourselves. But yeah, just um, do the things that were the easy things that we're commanded to do: a fellowship, and you know, encourage one another, assemble together, and um, be involved in the work, pray for the work, you know, do what we can locally, just try to keep on moving forward. Well, I know that in my life, and I, this is all about Paul, not about me, but I know that, you know, we have things that sometimes set us back, mm. but we can make that something which is a curse, or we can actually make that a springboard for something better, and also we could use it as a tool to help people who might be going through these things themselves. But I find that no matter how black things get, it just means that it's going to be having to go up I find when things get bad so it's, it's from here it's going to go up yes yeah 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 totally and there's um as you said I mean I've, I think everybody's gone through some difficulties but uh, like I had things like my brother took his own life uh, maybe five or six years ago and I re- really the, I mean the faith I have in the resurrections helped me through that tremendously a uh, very traumatic experience for all of my family and um but uh, yeah I th- what can I say it's yeah, I, hope, I have just a hope in the resurrection and uh, God's plan. And I, re- I really do genuinely believe it. And that's why, despite the fact, you know, all this Sabbaths on my own, which things like that, I, when I, you know, count the cost, I didn't count. Nobody said, you'll have to keep a thousand Sabbaths on your own. But that's, you know, that's all part of the gig for me, it seems, at the moment. I'm always optimistic that, it'll, that it will change. But yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. We're all dealt a different deck sometimes, but yeah. we do what we can with what we have, and God is going to bless us to whom much is given, much is required, and yeah. God, God will bless us with what we do with what we have. Yeah, the other, that's um, totally true. I mean, and, and just even, you know, I know I've known you for uh, over 20 years or nearly 30 years, like we said, meeting back at the first United Feast, and, uh, you know, I've, no, I've seen you go through ups and downs as well, and challenges and um yeah you're an example to us as well for the two tremendous examples being our president for those nine years and the, the unity of the church and the sort of uh, the forward thinking and the inclusive thinking i really appreciated it and um it's very much the way i am i tried to even back on the isle of man back in the day um i it didn't work out but i tried to invite other church of god ministers to the isle of man to uh, give us give a sermon and we would pay for their travel and everything didn't quite come off and then things all changed and i think one of them died soon after and stuff but um god has given us a commission and he's he's you know we've got to be part of of that commission of um preaching the gospel and preparing the people and we're all involved in that that's not um just for the home office or just for the ministry or just for any any particular group that's a an effort for for church-wide effort
that we all should be involved in. Paul, it's just been really wonderful talking to you today. In fact, I feel like I've learned some things about you, not only cognitive things, but also emotional things about you, uh, what you have gone through. I feel closer to you as a brother than before. It's just doing this podcast. And I really want to share Paul Spencer's life, Paul Spencer's example of being from the Isle of Man, speaking English, living in Sweden, <laughs> all, all alone, you know, uh, and in, in the views and the beliefs that he has and what he does with what he has. So we have really appreciated it. Thank you for being on The Cubic Report. Well, thanks very much for having me, Vic. I, I look forward to hearing this one and uh, also all the ones you'll be doing in the future. Okay. Great job. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for The Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at thecubic at gmail.com. V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.